Hey everyone, welcome back to Leadership Locker. It is your host, Rich Cardona. This is episode 179, and my guest today is Brittany Crystal. Now on my Wednesdays, I have industry leaders, experts, influencers that are on the show to just deliver you the best possible value. On Mondays and Fridays, you're gonna get me documenting the journey and just really sharing anything that I've learned. But I love Wednesday episodes because number one, I get to meet new people. Uh, But Brittany and I have been trying to connect for a while now, and we finally got it scheduled. And there was something interesting about her. I saw her name pop up a couple times after I had actually discovered her and wanted to see if she'd be on the show. But I saw her on uh, my friend Q's podcast. He is a marketing manager for Lewis Howes. Um, I saw she was connected to Chris McDonald, who's the head of talent over at Impact Theory, you know, and works very closely with Tom Bilyeu. And then I, I did a little bit more digging and I was like, holy shit, I didn't realize she was tied to Gary V. Like, you, you guys know Gary's like my dude, my mentor, had him on a few times and she worked for him back in the day. Like, I mean, she was part of his explosion and she helped with the Ask Gary V book. She helped with personal brand and just all the different things. But that's not what she had set out to do. That's the whole thing. Like, she went to law school to become a lawyer. And at the 11th hour, essentially, she's just like, fuck this, I'm out. And then she just started exploring possibilities. And then she landed where she wanted to, which was kind of in a marketing, personal branding capacity. And it wasn't until after she had served others that she realized like, this is my thing. Now, look at the dichotomy there, like from lawyer or potential lawyer to personal branding expert and marketer and someone who's going to just magnify your brand and help you have the influence that you want. How do you get there? Well, we're going to talk about that clearly. But at the same time, you know, we we discuss the importance of, of pivoting, why you have to pivot, when you have to pivot, should you pivot, how do you block out what the hell everyone else might think, and how do you just pay attention to what you think, and just some of the other things that come into play when it comes to content creation for your brand. You know, like, what do you really need to know? How do you know which way to lean? How do you know what medium to use? All things that are right up my alley. But if you get the vibe that this was just like a chill ass, awesome conversation between two friends, I believe that's exactly what it was because by the end of this thing, I mean, as soon as I stopped recording, like we just kept talking forever. Brittany is just incredibly cool. And Brittany, I know you're gonna hear this, but I wasn't sure what to expect based off her pictures on Instagram because she does do a lot of lifestyle stuff. So I'm like, okay, like cool, like the bikini and the gowns or, you know, the just really nice pictures. And that just goes to show you just like, dude, like don't judge a book by its cover. I was, I don't want to say I was surprised, but I just didn't realize like I was going to vibe with her on that level. Like there's very few people I vibe with on a level like that so quickly. Uh, And it actually, coincidentally, it happens a lot with my podcast guests, which is a great sign. But What I want you to take away from this episode is the importance of paying attention to what your mind is telling you in terms of not being in the right place and seeking out exactly what it is you want. Like we all know, we just heard Dory's interview last week about the long game. This is a long game, but Brittany really talks about some of the investigatory work you're going to have to do on yourself in order to arrive to the conclusion of of where you actually need to be going and how you're going to get there. But more importantly, There's one thing that she mentions that I was just like kind of blown away by. And it was, we should have an abundance mindset, but we talk about how much money plays a factor into that and how much when you get it, if you're in the wrong place, what you're going to discover about yourself. And that's 
the purpose of a show like this is to bring on badass guests. We're going to have good conversations. And I want you to feel like you're right there next to us, sitting at that table or in that coffee shop or wherever the hell we are, just having a conversation and ingesting the information. So DM me, please, at Rich Cardona underscore on Instagram with any feedback, any questions you want me to ask future guests or any potential guests you think uh, would be awesome and that you have a connection to or, you know, someone who could connect me with them. We are a top-ranked podcast because we bring the freaking bomb-ass shit, and we're going to get right into it. Here we go. Okay, so you just got the intro on um, Brittany, and it's so funny because I was saying, you know, I think we're going to go a different direction because she does personal branding. I do personal branding. I don't have nearly the experience she does, but... I'm like, I want to talk about pivoting. She's like, well, that's probably a good thing because I'm in the middle of a transition right now. But uh, Brittany, if you want to say hi to everyone and, and who you are a little bit, and then we'll get into it. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a long time in the making. You do put out such great content, so I'm really honored to to be amongst your previous guests. So my name is Brittany Crystal. For people who don't know me, I'm a former lawyer turned entrepreneur. I'm a personal branding expert, and we can get into my expertise there. I'm a proud Latina, and I'm host of the top-rated business podcast, Beyond Influential. And my mission really is to empower you to create and live an authentic, influential life on your own terms. So I just think that there's so much value that comes from, and you talk about this all the time, from personal branding. So many things that you can't even can't even see. And to me, personal branding is an arm of helping create that influential life. I completely agree. I was talking to a group of veteran entrepreneurs just uh, before this. And, you know, it's really funny. Everyone's like, well, what's the ROI? What's the ROI? And I'm like, look, like you're already off on the wrong start, right? Like there's, there's, I always like to call them non-scale victories, right? Like suppose you have like 10 pounds to lose or something and you're working out and doing all these things. Like what if your pants fit better, but the scale hasn't moved? Like it's the same thing with these kinds of things. Like personal branding could really extend your network. Uh, it could extend speaking opportunities. So it's endless. I do have something because it's it's almost like an insurance policy. And so many people, and I don't know if this is how it works with you when they come to you related to personal branding. If you're not already kind of savvy about wanting to do it, people tend to come and want to do it when they need it. And that's the unfortunate part, because if you don't have one, you want one when something happens. And I think we've seen over the last few years that it really does, a personal brand is essential to helping you pivot because you've already built up that trust. And I don't think people see it they don't see it as transferable, but I see it as transferable. And so that equity that you've built up, you can take it elsewhere. So it just makes sense to be doing it even in little pieces. Like you don't have to go full out like content on every platform immediately. You can just at least be positioning yourself in a way online where people can find you and it's telling the story that you want. So that way, if you need it, great. And if you don't need it, great, but you will end up using it. And it, it is almost like a tangible thing to me. Even non-entrepreneurs, I'm like, if I worked at Amazon, but I, which I did for a little while, a couple of years, and I'm putting out content, and if I had enjoyed it there, which I didn't, <laughs> like, but <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna look for another opportunity. And that branding as an employee, uh, you know, if I'm putting out anything related to thoughts or industry experience, like that, just makes me a better target for some of the other opportunities. So same thing there, but it follows you everywhere you go. So you and I are in total alignment. But I want to tell you something really quick. This is like so no bullshit. I wanted to be a lawyer forever, like forever. Like I was literally that guy. Like I, I, I wanted to be Tom Cruise and uh, Lieutenant Caffey. I wanted to be him and a few good men. And I just really, 
that's what I kind of saw myself doing. But I was a punk in high school, went to the Marine Corps. And then I actually, there's a way to become a lawyer, but I didn't qualify for that program. And I heard you speak about this, but you and I share the same experience, although you're an actual lawyer, is that some of the people who practice law are not happy about it at all. And you saw the writing on the wall. <laughs> it's not just some, it's... <laughs> So I'll, I ended up becoming a lawyer because the job that I have now didn't exist. I couldn't be a podcaster at, this, at that time when I was graduating. And I graduated 2010 from law school, but I was there during that kind of recession piece in 2008. So basically what ended up happening is I went to law school because that was kind of the thing that was put in my head. I was a good student. I really wanted to work in entertainment because I'm from LA. And I was like, oh, I wanted, I wanted to be on the business end of television. And my parents and everybody were like, no, like, you don't want to do that. You want to be a lawyer, like be an entertainment lawyer. Kind of got that, like, the thought was that that was a safe path and you have a specialty. So they were right about having a specialty and having some an expertise. I think that's correct advice. But I think just in general, I didn't talk to any lawyers and I really should have before I even went to law school. This is such a great time. You have access to everyone to really do those informational interviews. And for me, it was like, okay, you're good at reading and writing. You know, like you speak your mind, like you should be a lawyer because you're not going to be a doctor and you're not going to be an accountant. So I really kind of got pushed into that. That was where I saw myself. And until I got to law school, I was having doubts before I even went, but I thought it was an all-purpose degree. It's not. And then the jobs that I had during law school were in securities regulations litigation, because those were the jobs that were available when the economy was tanking and everybody was canceling their summer programs and all of those things. But I ended up at a firm and randomly kind of in New Jersey working on this stuff. And even the people at the firm, and I say this with much love and respect, but everyone knew that I wouldn't have ended up there had it not been for what was going on with everybody else canceling. Like, had it not been for the times. And so just looking around, I didn't see anything that was aspirational to me. And I didn't love the work. And I'd worked, you know, at that time so hard to get to this place. And I'm like, what, what do I do now? And so I've had a few of those pivots where it's like, okay, this sucks. What do I need to do to kind of transfer that knowledge? And, and at the time, that's why personal branding is so important. Now you can pivot so much easier. At that time, like everybody thought I was nuts for leaving law after you put in this investment or when I transitioned to entertainment and then before marketing, it's like, oh no, once you start in a lane, like you can't leave entertainment now, you can't go into marketing now. And so there's always that mindset. And as far as the lawyers, I was actually talking, it's funny, I went to a wedding last weekend and I was talking to a psychologist and she was like, oh, you're you used to be a lawyer. She was like, most of my intense clients are lawyers. They're all super depressed. There's a ton of alcoholism in the profession. I don't know if it if it's the it's a little bit of a nature, a little bit of nurture, but I don't really know very many happy lawyers and most just kind of stick it out and and stick with it, which is sad to me. That's been my experience as well as far as the people I've seen. Now, here's a really big part of a question I want to dig into from what you just said. You said everyone's like pretty much what are you doing? Like we're all confronted at that point where we instinctually, our gut feels like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Like, I can't do this. Like, there has to be more. But then people will look at all the time you put in or the money it costs or the expectations they have. This is so big in terms of how do you confront that to where you are like strong enough to be like, I'm out. Thanks, but no thanks. Like, I have to do me. So to me, stunt cost fallacy is huge, especially with lawyers. There's so many that I know, you know, their 30s, 40s, whatever, who want to do something else, who literally won't do it. And they're scared. And I think part of it has to do with being, and this is kind of the thing with the, uh, what I was saying about personal branding is some people don't do it until they need to do it. 
I couldn't live life that way. I couldn't, I wasn't going to be able to show up to work. I'm not, I'm not, I want to say I'm not a very emotional person. When I was driving to that job that summer, I was cr- like, it was a 12, it was, I think it was like 12 weeks by week six, I was crying every day driving to that office. It was the kind of, it was like, this is not the life. I can't imagine doing this for the next 40 years of my life, whatever, whatever it might be. Like, I can't imagine doing this for a few more weeks. So what am I going to do? And you know, like at that point, it's like you do need to realize at a certain point that you are living your life for you. You get one chance as far as I know or as far as anyone else knows. So what's going to make me happy and what what is going to light me up? And you're going to go through that investigatory process. But I was like, I didn't care if it seemed nuts. It just got to the point where I was like, I'm just so miserable. This doesn't make sense. And and people ask me like, oh, what did your parents say? And I think they weren't fully supportive of me like wanting to move away from the law right away because they, you know, they were like, okay, that's going to be safe or whatever, which it wasn't. But they saw how unhappy I was. So that's just something where it's like you don't want your friends or the people around you to be unhappy, even if it seems like that's not a great move or maybe you'll, in quotes, regret it. I don't regret it. And I have so many people now who I knew from that time who now come to me and are like, how do I get out of here? How do I pivot? And so you really just have to make the decision for yourself. Like, is it because somebody else said like, oh, I don't know if that's the right move for you. How do you feel? Can you keep showing up every day doing something you hate? And I, I can't, I couldn't. You know, what's really funny is people like you, people like us that I know are literally the first people to say like, you have to do what makes you happy because like you've crossed that place where you, you've seen the light. But if you're on the other side and you're kind of feel stuck, you think it sounds so cliche. I like, you know, a normal person would listen to you and be like, okay, I'm just going to go do what I want to do and be happy. It sounds like ridiculous, but it's so true. <laughs> I actually do want to say something because th- about, uh, I think a lot of people think about the financials and that kind of responsibility depending where you are in life. So for me, my goal, I thought money was freedom. To me, freedom's incredibly important. I, I care a lot about autonomy. That's important to me. I also, at that time, I thought money was that way. And so I was working at a fir- I was getting paid very well at the firm. Like I knew that this, you know, that's a six-figure job like with that trajectory. But even getting that money, I was so miserable. So I had that, it's almost like you need to experience that where it's like you see the money in the bank, but like you're hating life that I had that moment that it was like, okay, it's not about the money for me. It's about something else. But I had to have that because I think some people who don't have that, they're like, oh no, it's when I get this, it'll it'll be fine. And I, I felt that right away. So that allowed me to go explore in these other places that maybe I wasn't getting paid as much, but I knew like, okay, this is the journey to figure out what I can, because it's not even like what makes me happy all the time, because no job's going to make you happy all of the time, but what's not going to make you miserable? Like we were just at a level where it's like, I'm not, I'm not enjoying anything. And I know that's a consideration for people who have kids and mortgages and all of these sorts of things to think about you do have to be financially responsible, but you can make money doing so many other things. If you don't like what you're doing right now, there's plenty of options for you. I agree. I think here's the other kind of dead giveaway that you just helped me realize. I don't know if I've articulated this before, but if the money is the the, the short-term solution, like maybe you keep getting promoted, like ask yourself if the skill sets that you're learning and the responsibilities that you're accruing, like does that actually mean anything to you? Like, are you getting smarter at something that you don't give a shit about? Where I know what you do now, I know what I do, and I know how you came up. Like, 
it's exciting when you're actually like in something that your eyes are wide open and like all you want to do is learn more where when you're getting paid and then the responsibilities and the knowledge increases, like you actually don't care. Definitely had that kind of thought too. I mean, we make work our life sometimes and I know it's better to have, I was talking to a, a guest on my podcast about this. It's like she chose a career, but she didn't choose a life. And I think about that all the time now because it's like, no, you need to choose the life that you want and then think about how your work and your career play into that. I'm very career-driven. I was always very career-driven. And so that's kind of where my focus always has gone. But at the end of the day, you do need to, to live your life. And so what do you want from the rest of it? And how does that, your job and your work, help you advance that? Because that's really the point. A hundred percent. We can't not hit on on some of these things, but so you you ended up pivoting, and we'll get, talk about your current kind of transition. But you ended up pivoting. You worked for a Lifetime for a little while, and then here, I mean, this is like just like the best about info for LinkedIn. It's ridiculous. Brand management and growth hacker for Gary Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary V obviously been on the show a couple times uh, and these things, but it talks about how you grew channels. Um, you know, the Ask Gary V book influencer campaign. A million things. It looks like here. My question to you is. You do personal branding now, but how could you do it for someone else when you weren't necessarily doing it for yourself yet? Like, how did how did you kind of see the light and were able to be like, oh, I got this. Like, I'm about to just take this to the next level. So Gary started opening my eyes to the personal brand space. And we can talk a little bit about that. But like the biggest thing when I look back now in hindsight, the biggest game changer for me with my brand, with my business, with everything that's happened has been me building my own personal brand. That was the thing. Me taking my personal brand intentionally was the game changer. And so working for Gary, like even at that time, I knew personal branding kind of existed in this. Really, at that time, he kind of created the way it exists now. Yeah. Like that team and that structure, like that's the blueprint for what pretty much all of these online entrepreneurs do today. But that didn't exist. So personal branding existed in, you know, the PR circles, celebrity circles. It exists when you apply to a job and you have a resume and whatever people are saying about you. Now it's great because you don't need to rely on those people to say those things because you can control your own story, which is, I think, incredible. But yeah, working for him, it was really, I mean, that was the offer where he was like, I'm going to get really serious about my personal brand, come out and work for me. And I didn't really fully know what that meant, but I knew that I was going to get a lot of great experience. I was going to see a lot of aspects of the business, and I was just going to go give a year and see how it went. And I didn't expect to fall in love with personal branding, and I really did, because what ended up happening is I ended up learning, you know, all of the different things that I was playing with on his uh, team from, you know, creating content and distribution. Through that influencer campaign, I saw the kind of impact he was having on these people. You don't fully get it necessarily when you're not kind of in the DMs and you're not like behind the scenes that way. But when I had to reach out to like 750 influencers to get the book in their hands, I was reaching out to people, and this was 2015, early 2016, I was reaching out to people who had large Instagram followings who would be considered influencers when that term was coming up. But I didn't know that they knew, I knew that they followed Gary, but a lot of them were responding to me like, oh, crush it changed my life. Gary's content changed my life. This content changed my life. And that clicked for me hardcore. I was like, oh, he's being himself. He's just put, he's putting this content out here. It's literally changing lives. And as I was putting out content for him and writing in his voice is when I felt like I have thoughts on this. I have opinions on this. I'm going to be putting my own stuff out. So I was doing it. I started to do it slowly during my time there. And also I'm very much like, I don't give advice that I don't take myself. And so I knew that I needed to be building my brand myself. 
I think it's important. If you're going to be giving advice or helping other people do it, you need to put your money where your mouth is. And so I started doing that. 100%. With all the things you did there and some of the other people you worked with, I mean, you know, you could kind of boil down content creation to three mediums, right? Like you could do, you know, the written, the copy, the copywriting and those kinds of things. You could do video uh, and then obviously like uh, audio, like a podcast, which I know you have. But when you were exposed to all that and then you helped uh, some of these significant people grow, what was your biggest takeaway? And you're like, here's my lane. Because I always feel like that's that's where people get hung up. Like, I'm going to try and do everything. Like, you don't have to do everything. But how do you kind of choose your lane? Working with certain people who have been on camera for a long time or are very extroverted, that's kind of a different a different type of thing. Like people like to look at Gary's brand and they're like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. He's a different type of beast. You don't need to do that. So my big thing is what's the path of least resistance? And I like talking about the fact that I have a podcast because for me, now I do video and all sorts of different things. But starting out, I knew I had something to say. I knew that the just audio format for me would be less pressure, but I could get value from having conversations. So I started with audio. And I really liked also writing captions or writing. So writing's pretty comfortable for me. It's more about what's comfortable for you. And I talked about this with LinkedIn a lot because LinkedIn was great. Um, I was using it a lot over the last few years. And what's great about it is that you don't need to, it's not just like Instagram where you need to post a picture, even like you know, text posts would go viral, a short text post, something the length of a tweet. And so that's where I liked kind of to put people to start because it's like you can do a short video, you can do audio if you want, you can do like just a, a tweet length and see what works and get comfortable with your own voice. Because that's another thing is a lot of people, people aren't used to putting their voice out there and that in a public way. So you kind of need to dip your toe in and get get comfortable with that. But if you're only, if you're like, I only want to write, I think you start writing and then from that, when you gain traction, you start wanting to do the other things. And that's how it was with audio. Because I knew if I needed a full-fledged video thing or have somebody follow me around all the time, that wasn't going to work for me. That just wasn't going to fit into my life and you need to be consistent with it. So I'd rather people start whatever is the path of least resistance or seems the most appealing that you can get done, get that done. I'm so glad you said that. Like That just wouldn't work for me. Like. A lot of people will forego that and just be like, this is what I need to be doing because this is what I'm seeing. But this literally goes hand in hand with being a lawyer and not wanting to do it. It's like, if you don't want to do it, then you don't do it. But you're not going to do it. That's the thing. It's like, even if you, you're not going to do it. And if you hate it going in, that's not sustainable. And the whole thing is, I know you had Dory Clark on recently. Yeah. It's a long game. Yes. Content is a long game. You're with your name for life. So putting out a bunch of videos that you hate doing, it's probably going to translate just energetically that you hate doing it. And, and listen, though, like, I want to say this, when you're doing your first videos, they're going to suck. Like, you can't expect them to be great. So definitely prepare for that, like, the first interviews, the first podcast, whatever you do, it's not going to be the best, but you might enjoy it over time. But if you're, like, hating it, like, just don't do it. Like, do something else. A hundred percent. Like, the energy is tangible. I, I, it's funny when <laughs> like you, can, you can truly tell. So I want to do this thing where once in a while, I'll go to a tweet from a year ago or a post from a year ago. So here's one from yours, which is just about a year ago. It's talking about, What's below the top level metrics is what matters. Your audience size, follower count, downloads don't mean much if you can't move them into taking action. They also don't mean much if you don't know who they are and what they want and have an actual connection. You go on a little bit, but talk to me about follower count and downloads and all the things that we we really kind of tie to us as, as what makes us valuable or worthy when, when you and I both know it to be a little bit different than that. I mean, everything comes back to self-awareness at the end of the day. It's like you need to know what you want from 
from personal branding. You need to know what you want from life. And that doesn't mean you'll like know immediately what you want, but you do need to know what you want. So that way you know like where your effort, where your effort's going and why that matters. So I know you were talking about ROI. And it doesn't need to be that immediate ROI, just like that investment ROI where it's like, I'm putting this out there for the long term, or I'm putting this out there for whatever reason. And just because somebody doesn't, I think that's the thing is if people aren't growing fast enough, they give up right away. And they're not considering, I think one of the biggest mistakes with personal branding is not realizing that the personal brand ultimately isn't about you. It's about the audience or about the person that you want to reach. And so... People get so caught up in the me, me, me of the personal brand that that's just ultimately not going to work out. And so the me, 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 even having whatever follower counts, and I know so many people have bought, you know, they buy followers and it's like, why? Like to me, that's something to be self-aware of is why do you need that for yourself? Like that maybe that's a deep mindset thing, but it's like, why do you feel like that's important? What do those numbers mean to you? Are you trying to sell to them? Do you think like if you have a certain follower account, like you would get certain brand deals? But at the same time, a brand deal, for example, and I've heard you talk about this on on your podcast before, like the brand's not going to come to you and pay you just because you have a certain follower account. You need to be able to show that it's the right audience for for their brand, that that's actually either going to convert or like even the brand awareness makes sense. So you need to know who you're talking to, and it's really hard to avoid the actual human interaction. You can't. You can kind of just post stuff and let it be, but that's like the base level, like lowest rung. You can't really expect tons of return or people coming to you if you're not caring about the other side. And I don't really know how you put out a bunch of content without caring about who's who's seeing it and who's listening to it. But I understand sometimes with the follower count where people get hung up, where they want people to be, like you put out, you put all this energy and all this stuff into content, you want people to show up. But at the same time, it's like, again, why do you want those people to show up? Who do you actually want to show up? Why does that matter for them? There are all of these larger questions that go into it. So yeah, just the number itself doesn't, it doesn't mean much. So my operations lead, Ellie, is someone I talk about all the time. Well, here's the thing. Now she is mentoring. She is mentoring our newest additions, okay? A lot of the mistakes I made with Ellie are things she's not allowing me to make, and she is bringing them up to speed, and we are just like on the verge of becoming this unstoppable, well-oiled machine. And the reason I'm even mentioning this is because I got Ellie, I discovered her and hired her from rocketstation.com, who is the sponsor of this show. And I'm so thankful for them. You have to look them up. That's what helps the show keep going more and more and more and helping me get some of the guests that I get on. But Rocket Station is where I discovered her. And that's where I met their entire team, had a great interview process. Then we set up a date to do my documenting, uh, process mapping or documenting my processes that my person would eventually do. And that person ended up being Ellie. And then we go. Now there's layers to this thing, meaning like there's there's mechanisms in place, not only uh, for me to be the manager or her boss or leader or whatever you want to call it, but they have a system where she has an operations manager. She has someone who's going to be her mentor and they have, you know, regular conversations on a daily basis to make sure everything's going smoothly. So they check in with her, they check in with me, they make sure everything's going smoothly. And this is just something you're not going to get if you just go onto a regular website looking for kind of overseas help or help from Upwork or whatever. Now they're based here in the US uh, and the people I have are based uh, out of the Philippines. Uh, They're not always from the Philippines, but that's where they are. And look, like it's extremely affordable. It's gainful employment for them. And we are a team. 
Like we are a no kidding team. And I am grateful, so grateful that Rocket Station has helped me just get rid of so many of the $10 tasks that would eat into my productivity and, and not allow me to do the things that I'm doing right now. And now we're in a position where she's helping mentor the new hires. And that's the best thing ever. She's preventing me from making the same mistake. I already learned a lot from that, but she's, I mean, this, this doesn't happen. This doesn't happen when you just hire a freelancer for here and their help. She's full-time, they are full-time and it's affordable. Get your business right. And you can do that by emailing brooks at rocketstation.com or you can go to landing.rocketstation.com. We'll put the link in the show notes. And if you don't wanna to talk to them first, then let's have a conversation. I can tell you about my experience. But if you do that, you're gonna get 25% off of your process mapping, and then you're going to be on your way. We've referred many people over to them so far, and they are happy. So let's talk. But first, let's get back to the show. On the topic of pivoting, this is something I've dealt with recently, and I think a lot of people don't talk about it enough. Have you ever said to yourself, you know, years ago, like, here's my target audience, and then maybe it kind of shifted a year or two later uh, based off kind of what you were seeing and how you could serve? Yes. That's where I'm going right now. And it's it's an interesting time because I've built an audience that is really used to me talking about personal branding. And I do still talk about personal branding, but I'm moving, I'd say I'm moving into a more broad space, talking about influence and also sharing more aspects of of my life and things people have been curious about, including like lifestyle and wellness and and travel and but I've been also interviewing people in those spaces. So I've been pivoting and I have an idea in my head about the type of person. I went through that recently, like the type of person that I want to attract. I have something called the Clarity Course and I actually did it for myself. I did it for myself. I use those things on myself because I do need to think about who are these people I'm trying to go for who would be interested in this because ultimately it's who I want to be serving. It's not that different than the other group, but at the same time, I know going into this that people who have a certain expectation for me and my content, if I'm doing more lifestyle stuff and they're not as into that, like I just have to know that that's the case and that there's going to be probably drop off. And I need to be good with that because, again, I can't keep doing something that I don't want to be doing at that point because it shows up. It shows up in the work. It shows up in general. You want People want to be excited with stuff like that. And like you want to be excited putting out your content and people want to be excited to get it. So if I end up getting pigeonholed, I, I don't really believe in pigeonholing, but if I end up continuing to serve people because that's what they want and that's what they expect, but it's killing me, I'm not going to last very long, especially as an entrepreneur. And so I need to continue to do things that light me up. You mentioned something also I have to kind of tie in here, which is you said you're going a little bit more broad. I believe, uh, this is just my opinion for the listeners, if you start niche you can go broad once, yes. you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think it works the other way around because I was it that doesn't. guy. I was a guy who was like, you know, I, I serve everybody. Like, even though everyone tells you, you have to niche down. Like, I was the guy who's like, no, 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 I could, I could, you know. So what she said is hugely important. Like, once you've hit your niche and you've done well, then of course you could go broad. Oh, yeah. And that's like what I teach people. It's like, you do need to start in one place because people need to know what to go to you for. They need to, you need to build that influence and that trust. And then it's transferable. You can take it, you can take it elsewhere. So now that I've built this trust and I, you know, worked with all these great people in terms of personal branding, I can put out this content related to influence. People have been interested in my life in these other aspects. It allows me to broaden out. Some people completely pivot completely away from it. Personal branding to me is still an arm of the bigger picture. So I'm still going to be talking about that when I talk about business or talk about these other things. But even if it wasn't, 
I think there'd be people who like me from that and are willing to follow me into whatever it is I'm I'm doing next. And I would attract new people that way. But I definitely think you need to get started in one area. Also, just for people who are newer to this, you know, I live and breathe this space and I've been doing it for years, so I know how all of the things work. But it's too much to have to make content about everything and all random stuff all the time. And it's like, wouldn't you want to just focus on one thing and have that structure? I believe that people do need structure in order to be creative. And so for me, it's like, you you want that structure. Like, just pick the lane so you can decide. Like, I picked, I went into law, even though that wasn't the right way to do it. I went into law and I was like, you know what? This is not for me. I could mark that off my list. And then you move on to the next thing and you focus on that and write that off. So you want to go beyond influential and you want people to have the influence, right? So like, for you, like, why does that mean something to you? To help me, like, suppose I wanted to be a client or I was not your ideal client, like, you want me to have that influence. You you want me to go beyond influential and you want me to, you know, kind of really get my personal brand out there and, and hit what I want. But like, why did that become important to you to do it for other people? It was actually always something that was important to me for other people. And also, I guess, to myself then later. But for me, I was always, I think I was attracted to the law because I was going to be I wanted to advocate for people in general, like even in entertainment. Like what I wanted to do is I wanted to, I knew what worked. I don't know how to explain that. I have strong gut intuition about what works. And I would read a script or I'd talk to somebody. I'm like, you have it. How can I make other people see it? And that's how I felt. And that's how I, that's why I think the stuff with Gary worked so great. Cause it's like, okay, I see this person, they're putting out this content. How do I make other people see how great this person is? I love these conversations. I love having one-on-one conversations with people, seeing what's special about them and also letting them know what's special about them and helping them amplify that to get what they want. So everybody's influential life looks different. Like everybody's going to define that differently, but I like for me, having my personal brand is control over my life and over my destiny. And to me, that's empowerment. To me, influence isn't luck, it's strategy. So if you know and you have the tools to be able to create what you want, like that's the greatest gift. That's the greatest fucking thing I could give you. I don't know if I can swear on this podcast, but of course, like the greatest thing I can give you are the tools to live and the inspiration also to live life the way you want and be yourself. And I think that was something, I think in certain environments, now I'm myself all the time. Like, I can't put it back in the box. But being in certain environments, certain work environments, certain corporate places, I really felt stifled. I felt like I had to behave a certain way. I felt like I had to do play these games that I didn't want to be playing. And now I'm so free to be myself and live exactly the way I want because I get to be myself and I get to be myself online. I want to give that to people who want it for themselves. So that's why I'm, like, so passionate about it. I think it's crazy how you just tied that to back to law. Like you wanted to advocate for people. I I never would have made that connection. And I think that's amazing. And I also think what you're talking about, not living any other way, once you cross the threshold into like where you're at, and I know the same feeling, you realize like it's exhausting to to just kind of go against the grain, right? Like you don't want to be in those kind of confined environments or groups or or circles or boundaries or whatever it is. And 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 there's no risk to being yourself. You start to see there's no risk in being yourself, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like and it is it is one of the most liberating feelings. Yeah. And most people don't they don't know that feeling. And it's funny because you don't really know what people expect of you, but people are projecting what they think that others are thinking about them. So you're behaving in a way and changing your behavior. And I really think that that's entrepreneurship gave that to me where it's like, nope, I just have to be me. And I think that's also what personal branding did for me is as I was building my brand when I was working with Gary and all of those things is I just kept feeling like I have more to say. 
I have more that I want to put out there. I do think it takes practice for people being themselves and putting themselves out there. Like the voice that people have, I think that's why a lot of people end up, when they first start branding themselves, they sound a lot like the people that they follow. I think they do that a lot of times, like, you know, like they'll watch a Gary thing and then they'll sound like Gary at the beginning. (laughs) And if they're good at it, if you're good at it, you end up finding your own voice and you move off of that because nobody needs a second rate Gary. But that's the thing is like people don't know how to do it. And then you start putting yourself out there and then you figure out what feels comfortable for you, what doesn't feel comfortable in finding your voice. Because we're not used to, I know the school system I grew up in and in this country isn't like, yeah, share whatever you want, like do whatever you want. And you're gone through the system to be a good employee for the most part. Yeah. And so it's hard to break out of that. I think it's crazy that you said the people you follow are, are, are kind of how you, you <laughs> like in the beginning. I think I may have made that mistake. I, and I'm not even going to give any specific examples, but I think you're right. Like you should. That's things I don't want anyone to feel bad. If anyone's listening and that's what they're doing, like don't feel bad about it. Just know that that's not where you're going to end up. Yeah. And you, your voice definitely has value and you want to figure out what, what that is. It's not what any what anyone else is doing. And this, this is another point I just want to say before I forget. What I learned working with all the people that I've worked with is what works for them is being them. It's not what's like, there are certain things that maybe work for growth that you can look at someone else where you're like, okay, that's a tactic that works. I can implement that tactic in my way. But like those people are them. Like that's what people are attracted to is who they are. Like you can't be someone else. You have to be yourself. And especially within a long-term game, like you're not going to be able to sustainably pretend you're someone else. It's just not going to happen. I heard you talk about this with our friend Q. And you're like, you don't need a marketing degree or you don't need a degree in order to kind of effectuate some of this managing or, or, or building your brand, so to speak. What are your thoughts on that and, and how to help people realize like it may not be as hard as it seems? I don't want to say it's easy, but it may not be as hard as you think it is. It's definitely not easy, but it's definitely not hard. like, again, it's certain levels. Like there, if somebody comes to you and they're like, okay, I want like full scale personal brand. That's like a celebrity personal brand. And you have no presence. That's going to take a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of strategy, all of those things. But if you're just like, okay, I want to start building my brand in a way that attracts people to me for, for my business or whatever. If you're an entrepreneur, it's like, you should have a website. You should own your name. But on top of it, it's like you're probably already on LinkedIn or on Instagram or in some of these places. And also, it's like, what's the purpose behind it? Because for entrepreneurs, it should be to grow your business. And so you probably already know who patrons your business. That's probably your audience. That's the thing is most of the people I work with and have worked with as clients are people who have specific goals that way where it's like, okay, I really want to grow my business. They already have a, like an avatar or whatever type of person that they are trying to attract. And so they can be talking about those things. And again, I think it's important to make it not about you and finding your voice. So a lot of it is, and I know you're talking about this related to like finding content, it's answering questions or it's what are you doing during your normal time anyway? Like, are you reading these articles related to your business that you can share a thought on? So it can be something like that, or it can be something, yeah, that you integrate into your day that way. Or you can share those articles also on Instagram stories, like, hey, I'm reading this, like it can just be something that you're already doing that you're not even realizing could be content that you can make content from. And I think sharing, everybody kind of reads publications related to what they do. That's such an easy way to just share something that's valuable and you're building your brand. You're already, people are, if they like that article or they like what you read, 
they trust you as that authority in that space or that you're reading this and they kind of get a sense already of the kind of thing that you're doing behind the scenes. It's all of these things are happening and you're actually marketing yourself, but you're not, you're not even realizing you're marketing yourself. Yes. What if you get responses, engagement on the things that you were just kind of like, oh, that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, this happens to every creator, by the way. Like, the shit you think isn't going to pop off, pops off out of nowhere. And then the things you really work hard at, like, there's is like crickets sometimes. But what happens if people are responding to the message that you're not necessarily the most passionate about per se or, or the content that you don't like to make that much, but you're getting all the signals that you should keep doing it? I think it depends who's, and this comes back to like, who's giving you this feedback and what do they like about it? Is there something else, like what specifically is intriguing about this thing that you like that you can either apply to the thing that you like more, or maybe you realize like, oh, maybe there's something I can build out here that is interesting to me. So I think it's seeing who those people are. And sometimes it's saying like, hey, actually, this isn't even... This isn't even the right group of people. I'm glad that it's serving that group of people, but I really like this. Who's the right audience for this thing that I really like? And having those conversations. And I think sometimes you need to you need to put it out there. And then what people miss is the engaging with people that you think would like it and really bringing those people in. Because people are waiting to post and then waiting for those great people to find it. You do want to find and be found, but you want to make sure that you're putting yourself like you're engaging with the people that you want to bring into your audience. I think that's the big thing. Because if you have a bunch of people who are really excited about this other thing, and that's just not what you're going to be doing long term, then you need to do your homework and start figuring out and testing how to bring in the people that you do want for the thing that you want to be doing. So you kind of have to sometimes say like, screw it, like, like you're going to leave the money on this one, or you're going to leave the opportunity on this one. I think that's something with the follower count too, or if people are making money in a certain area of the business. I've had to do this too, where it's like, I know that this aspect makes money and is like in quotes successful, but what I want to be doing and where I want to be going, I need to be doing something else. Like I need to step away from this. It's not worth it. And so, yeah, you just got to make those calls. So you pivoted from law school to some very fantastic opportunities. You pivoted from those opportunities to entrepreneurship and personal branding for yourself. I wouldn't say you pivoted, but you added a podcast to the mix and it's a phenomenal podcast. And then what what does the future look like for your brand and, and what you're trying to do? I mean, I know you mentioned some of the lifestyle things, but is there anything particular we should know about? The podcast. The podcast ended up being the greatest thing that I ever did. Yes. Just in, <laughs> just in general. So I started the podcast later than I wanted to. I wanted to start it when I was uh, actually working for Gary. And I realized that, I don't know, I just didn't feel comfortable at the time doing it. I, I was like, I think I need to be on my own first. And I was just listening to this podcast. I'm like, I, I know that there's more here. I want People weren't asking the questions I wanted asked. And so... I started the podcast when I was actually, I was working for myself. I had clients. And sometimes when you have clients, they don't always listen to you. And basically, I was at that point where I was like, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Again, it's like, what can I do consistently that makes sense that I've been excited about? So I started the podcast in October 2017. And even just putting it out right away, I started getting just traction from people. People really enjoyed the podcast. They enjoyed the conversations. I enjoyed having the conversations. There's something magical about one-on-one conversations like this that that like just really does it for me. Like from just, it's my favorite thing on earth. Content and conversations is where I live. And at the time I realized now I was building courses. I was doing all these things at the same time as the podcast. And people are still like really loving and responding to the podcast. 
And I was thinking about it a few months ago and I was like, what do I really love? Like what's happening here? And what it is, is I'm going full in on this podcast. Like I love the podcast. And I think that the podcast is more educational and more well-rounded than just trying to create scalable courses or or what have you. I just feel like there's so much more value I can add in the podcast space and in the content space. And so really moving into that space, bringing on incredible guests, having, you know, one-of-a-kind interviews, having conversations like this. And yeah, and it, and it scales. I'm just so excited about it. And then getting to live my life in addition to it. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that because I know what that feels like. And uh, I, I got a couple mentors recently that were like, Rich, you need to drop everything and, and do the same because I was saying things just like you were saying uh, just now. And uh, it's just different. So that being said, tell us uh, a little bit about where people can find the podcast and then maybe some of the guests uh, that you type of guests that you have on and what they could expect to hear. Okay, so you can definitely find it on every Beyond Influential on every podcast platform. You can also go to BrittanyCrystal.com and check it out. I also have BeyondInfluential.com. So it's on all of the players. And yeah, so I speak to people who, there are so many people who are influential in their spaces and you might not even know them. So I talk to people who are behind the scenes and I also talk to people who are big names who you might know and just talk to them about their stories, their journeys, and, and just the behind the scenes stuff that you need to know in order to create the life that you want. Because I think we're all on this journey. I think ultimately we all want meaning and to create this influential life on our own terms. So I'm bringing on people who can help do that. At the beginning, I usually, my brain is a business brain. I'm always going to go back to people's businesses. Like that's always going to be part of the conversation because that's how I think. Early on, I was speaking more to like the online influencers, more to, you know, marketers and that type of thing. I'm really broadening out now to really include speaking to people who are influential in these other spaces, like health specifically, wellness, mental health, like people who have built things in a variety of industries. Because I think what happens, at least for the marketing space, there's a lot of uh, echo chamber going on. And I don't like that. I love people who are like, if there's some like random obscure scientist talking about something, I want to talk to that person. Like psilocybin right now is really interesting to me. I would like to talk to somebody who specializes in that. Mental health has been interesting to me. Gut health has been interesting to me. Someone who just started a huge beauty brand, someone who's got a Hulu show, all of those things. It's I just, it's like, I love that literally anything that I could possibly find interesting, there's somebody influential behind everything. And who are those people? And to me, I get so curious and I'm so naturally curious. And I think that's also why I ended up in on the law track, that that's what you can expect where it's like, who are the people who are making a difference and in all of these different spaces? So that way you can see yourself in them, or you can find out new things that that can just tips that might be able to help you in maybe another aspect of your life that's not necessarily your business, even though everything, everything in your personal life and everything that you do that helps in any area of your life ends up helping your business and vice versa. The last thing I want to say is if you're a podcaster or you're a creator or you're in video, like sometimes we want to talk to the people that we know are big. And I know clearly you've worked with big clients and things like that. But at the same time, now you're saying it's about what's interesting to me. And these people might not be influencers. They might not be micro-influencers, but they are having influence in their space. And I, I just want to end there and kind of see what your thoughts are on, on making sure people don't... I, I'm, I'm never against swinging for the fences, right? Like I, I love to try and land the people that are really hard to get time with. But at the same time, there's so much value 
in the people doing other things that you wouldn't normally think. And I like to call that, look at the second best option, and you might be very surprised, but talk to me uh, a little bit about uh, how important it is to recognize the people who have influence that you might not see all over uh, social media or just forums or anything like that. I have a lot of thoughts on this because knowing, like, and having been part of personal brand teams and all of those things, no one does it alone. None of those big names do it alone. There are people behind them, experts behind them, advisors behind them, all sorts of different things. And that's what I I think I loved knowing about behind the scenes and worked in Hollywood. There are so many brilliant people who are hard to get time with, who have all sorts of power that are known within their industries and their niches that people maybe don't know about. And part of what I get so excited about with my show is getting to show some of these people behind the people, but also the people that you do know. So for me, sometimes, and this means no disrespect to anyone, but sometimes that big name that you're talking to doesn't know the nitty gritty specific thing that you might want to know about because they're not doing it. <laughs> they're doing something different. And so that's that's the reality of it. So they maybe have a big picture view. And of course, they have their own story. And yes, all of those people are great. But I, what I love is if I'm talking to someone who's like, let's say, a, in quotes, big name, I want to come with a different angle. I appreciate that you were like, I want to have a different kind of conversation. I want to have something that people don't know about, but not something that nobody cares about. Like, I want to have like an in-depth, just a good conversation. And sometimes the best people are people who, even if you don't think that they're known online, if if I found them because they're influential, they have influence, they have power, they're well-connected. There's, there's something going on there. And I think that's what I try to do with my show is balance because there is a certain cachet to certain names where that helps me, frankly, that helps me be able to present these other people who add so much value. So I kind of try to mix it up that way. But a lot of, I've heard Tim Ferriss talk about this too. A lot of times his most popular episodes are basically kind of obscure names that you've never heard of who deliver the most value and then you know of them after because they blow up on his podcast. But otherwise, they're just people who are really expert and really great at what they do. And maybe they're not putting themselves out there all the time. And so I love I love that because the big name, if you get time with the big name, I think that's always the thing too. It's like, what do you want to talk to them about that hasn't been, how are you going to bring something different to the table? And what what do you want from them in that way? And I think that's really important because to me, I don't want to interview somebody just Interviewing somebody just to interviewing somebody to interview somebody is a waste of time to me. And I understand that some people think like, oh, we're going to, these are very busy people at a certain point. Like maybe you'll build a relationship after and maybe you won't. Like that's like, what time do you Look, actually I, I want to say thank you. Like this said, has been like, a really, really good learn time. From and these obviously people, I want to make sure want, people can find you. you know, some people you want mentorship or whatever. Where can people I just always find have you very, on Insta uh, and everywhere else? I'm very specific in why I'm reaching out and I don't interview anybody that I don't, I'm not genuinely curious about. And so that's really important to me. I'm so with you. I'm giving a couple talks on how to land your dream podcast guest because I've done it, but I'm going to tell people on my podcast what I've done. And and I like to interview the people around them first to be like, that helps me uncover a little bit more, right? So that way it doesn't end up being the same bullshit interview to the same questions they've answered all the time. I think Brittany will agree with me on this. Like, It should never be about being like a fan or a super fan or anything like that because that'll just go down so fast you probably won't even get access. But once you get there, ask the things that no one is asking. And if you do your homework right, you'll listen to 20 episodes that they've appeared on recently and be like, there's no way I'm asking that shit. No way I'm asking that. No way I'm asking that. And then you'll probably get a little bit more creative and be memorable. And I think you mentioned one of the most important things. So I'm going to have Simon Sinek on in, in a couple months. But like, what do I expect afterwards that he's going to be like, Hey, Rich, like, dude, come out, man. Like, that was really awesome. Come out. I want to, you know, we're having a cookout this weekend. Like, 
well, that's not happening. So just take advantage and, and just go into it with eyes wide open and, and do the right thing. I love that you say that because, yeah, when you're pitching these guests, it's like, even when you're pitching them, I know for me, the most effective pitch is one that's where I've done my homework, where I know what they've done and like what the specific angle is I want to take for them. And listen, like I know if you're doing a podcast, you're, I knew I was going to have to talk a little bit about personal branding. You know that to establish, at least for your audience, the credibility and a little bit, like you have to ask some of the questions. You're going to ask at the beginning some of the questions that everybody asks. That's fine. It's just where it goes with the conversation after that. Like this conversation has been completely unique and I've loved it. And we start with the personal branding aspect, but then we we dig in and you already thought about pivoting and and that sort of conversation. And and then it just flowed naturally. And to me, I'm a, I'm, I consider myself a conversationalist more than an interviewer. I think that's what makes these podcasts so so great. That's what that's what people want to hear is the actual conversation and the real answer. I don't want to listen to, and you won't do this, a Simon Sinek interview where it's like, it's literally the same questions, literally the same answers, because when you're doing a book tour or whatever it is, these people get asked the same questions over and over and over again. <laughs> We'll, we'll close here, but the funny thing is I have the long game right here, and they sent me, so Dory sent it to me, and it had, like, Harvard Business Review, like, suggested questions. I'm like, Dory, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm like, I can't, right? Like, I can't. Like, there's too many good angles here that I could go to. So, look, I, I want to say thank you. This has been a really, really good time, and obviously, I want to make sure people can find you. You already mentioned Beyond Influential. Where can people find you on Insta and everywhere else? So Brittany Crystal, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y, and it's K-R-Y-S-T-L-E. Please DM me on Instagram. I'm Brittany Crystal pretty much everywhere. You'll find me at BrittanyCrystal.com. And if I'm not easy to find, it's not very good for the personal branding. So I made myself as easy to find as possible. Exactly. So, well, thank you so much. Thank you. And we'll talk soon. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Look, Personal branding obviously is a big, big part of what I do. It's clearly what Brittany does. And uh, it's, it's really important for me to make sure I'm surrounding myself with experts. So here's what I would like for you to do. If you know someone who has had questions about personal branding, number one, go follow Brittany and just check her out, get to know her, get to know her content, listen to Beyond Influential. The second thing I want you to do is go to richcardonamedia.com backslash personal branding. We'll link in the show notes for that. Okay, you can pick up my personal branding guide that's going to help you get started for 29 freaking dollars. $29. I could almost guarantee you, you're going to like 10x whatever you spend by the actions you take because you're going to have the clarity. That also means, you know, if you are interested in that, that you can book me personally for an hour. Okay. That's going to be $5.99. And what's going to happen is you'll book me for an hour. We're going to go over every single thing that you want to discuss. I'm going to take and dissect all that. We're going to have a follow-on meeting in which I'm going to present to you a report of the directions I think you need to go what you need to be doing and what I took away from everything. And you're going to have that. And from there, from there, you are just going to probably be on a tear and just have the clarity that would take you forever to get. And all the things that are making you not, not take advantage of having a personal brand in the marketplace that is going to influence the buyers and the prospects that you want. Okay. If you want that, go to personal branding, richcardonamedia.com backslash personal branding. If you're interested in the coaching for $5.99 for an hour, and then a follow on call with a report, go to info at richcardonamedia.com. See you next time.